Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You have reached the In Control Family Foundation's Safe Driving Podcast. Today, I have Jeremy Randall here with me. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Dan. Hello, everybody. And we're also joined again by Mike Kane. Hi, Mike. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jeremy. So Jeremy's our Director of Operations here at In Control, and Mike is one of our instructors and also taught driver's ed for uh, quite a while in a former life. And uh, we are having him join us today to talk about highway driving. The goal is really to start with the basics and teach your teen driver to safely enter and exit a highway. So we're going to ask you to start on a multi-lane highway that's got some pretty easily accessible exits and entrances and at a time when traffic is light. And I want to take a moment, you know, we're, we're kind of in a unique situation as we record this. As we've mentioned before, this is during the kind of first two months of this pandemic that we've been dealing with here. It's May 15th of 2020. But I participated in an article that The Globe wrote, I think it was two summers ago, just about how there was no time where there is no traffic anymore. So they're stating, you know, go out on the highway on a weekend morning. That's probably as good as you're going to get, you know, without the uh, pandemic that we're dealing with now. But try to find the time when it's slow enough that you can learn and it's not bumper to bumper traffic. And it's also not the in-between where the flow of traffic is still pretty fast but there's a lot of cars out there because that's going to be the more challenging time, I think, for a lot of new drivers. So let's start with lesson one, Jeremy. Why don't you kick us off? Sure. So lesson one starts um, the way that we've really recommended most of our lessons start, and that's with your young driver observing you. So you're modeling what you want them to do, and you're just going to show them how to enter and exit. You're going to show them potentially how to change lanes on the highway, and you're going to talk through all of it as you go and why you might be doing what you're doing. So your turn signal's coming on, you're accelerating to try to match the speed of traffic. Okay, now I need to merge. I'm checking my blind spot. Hopefully I don't have one because my mirrors are set up properly. We're looking over our shoulder. We're entering that lane. We've now established ourselves. Okay, now we need to think and plan ahead. We're going through all the steps like you have been, but we want to make sure that you really are doing that modeling and observation to start because highway driving is at higher speeds and it can be quite intimidating for a young driver, especially the first couple of times. So point out interchanges, bring them to some different areas. You're going to start them with some of the simpler stuff, but make sure you show them a little bit of everything, point out highway signs and what they mean, and even lane markings and, and when it's okay to, to cross and, and uh, cross and change lanes, things along those lines. So you just want to start out with some, some observation for sure. And I'll say again, this is the type of thing that you don't have to wait until they get their permit to spend time on. At some point after the age of 13, hopefully, if you have their safety uh, close to heart, you're going to have that teen sitting next to you in the passenger seat from time to time and spend time when you're on the highways talking about this stuff. And if we're catching you now and you're dealing with your permitted driver already, but you've got younger kids, try to get them in the passenger seat from time to time now and spend some time focusing on the things that will help them become better drivers in the future. How about the on-ramp segments, Jeremy? How would you break those down? When you are entering the highway, we want to think about every one of these entrance ramps as sort of a three-stage process. We have the entrance area. This is going to be when you first maybe make a turn onto the 
entrance ramp. Maybe it's the area that has a hard curve that you have to go around before you can really get aimed in the same direction as traffic. So just the entrance area in general, you're going to want to obviously look ahead in front of you, but also try to scan the highway and evaluate the speed that people are going. You're looking for spacing, everybody far apart from each other. And so we're using a little bit of our judgment in this area, trying to get just the best view of traffic we can if we have a line of sight for it. Then we have the acceleration area. And certainly there could be some overlap between these areas as well. So an acceleration area, if you have a straight shot onto the highway, meaning the on-ramp is right next to the highway going the same direction as the highway that you're entering, then this can be part of the acceleration area, right? And so you can be using your line of sight to try to observe and, and look at the highway as part of the entrance area and have it part of the some of the acceleration area in the same potential part. Now, you might also have an entrance area that you turn onto the road, then you have a very hard curve. And I would say that's all entrance area and that hard curve until you're coming out of it and the road's starting to straighten out. And then that becomes your acceleration area. Hopefully I'm explaining this right. There's so many different types of on-ramps that this can be kind of hard to understand. And then we finally have the merge area. The merge area is once the, the single white line, dotted line appears next to you, basically saying that you're on the highway and now you can enter the highway flow of traffic, right? So until that, if there's a solid white line, nope, you can't cross that line. It's not actually part of the merging area. It's once you have the white dotted line next to you, to your left, that you're going to be able to then merge. Mike, I'm sure you had to do this more than a few times with new drivers. One of my big things when I had a, a student, regardless of how many lessons they've already had, one of the things I, I would say is, have you been on the highway? Now, occasionally uh, an instructor would fill out a note, you know, I took them on the highway. Now, I remember a particular student, she said her father used to make her drive up from New Bedford to Boston every weekend. Well, this somebody, I had a lot of confidence taken on the highway. But there were, there were times where students would say, I'm very nervous about going on the highway. And my standard answer would be, ask any driver, regardless of their experience level, and every driver that that you talk to should answer that they're pretty nervous too getting on the highway. It's never a, an, an easy thing. We, we, we tend to uh, perk up a little bit and pay attention a lot more when, when we go on there, whether you have five years, five months, or 10 years of experience. The other thing I'd like to talk to about is what you mentioned, Dan, uh, around 13 years old, getting your, your young uh, uh, son or daughter up in that passenger seat. I used to tell the students, you know, especially if they were nervous, you, you got to remember for 15 years of your life, you've been sitting in the back seat, probably playing a game on your phone or looking out the window. Now you're in charge. And it, and it can be somewhat of a foreign environment for some of them. It can be an intimidating environment. And I, I would also bring up a day like today uh, here in Dedham. It, it's beautiful. We've all gone down that ramp and there's ice. There's a big puddle at the end. So there are some challenges to be met just with the environment going on to a ramp. We talked recently about city driving, and there's a lot of distractions, a lot of things going on. When you are approaching a highway, there's not necessarily, I mean, there's very rarely do you have to worry about pedestrians running out at you or car doors opening up on the ramp, but just the sheer fact that you're going faster and everything's coming by you so much faster. It requires a lot of concentration and practice. This is another one of these things we want to see you practice a number of times. I would tell the students that once we did it a couple of times, 
subsequent lessons, we were going to keep doing it. And I would encourage them to drive with their parents on, on the highway. Again, parents aren't always as uh, patient with their own son or daughter or willing to go on the highway. They'd rather stick to the local neighborhoods. So that, that could be a hit and miss. Yeah, it really is. The, the more time that you do this stuff, the better. And we're going to recommend, the guide here recommends 10 to 12 times of, of merging on the highway and exiting. And that's a good first lesson. I mean, I think that this should be part of basically every lesson once this is introduced. This is something your driver is going to be doing a lot of. And we want to make sure that they have seen really everything they are likely to see. And so the more time you spend doing this, the better. I do want to go over the steps of merging, though. If you've gotten to the point where you're in the merging area, hopefully it's it's not too different from just the, the lane changing that we discussed earlier. But let's go through it anyway here. So our goal in the acceleration area would be to match the flow of the traffic. So we're trying to look for basically the same speed as everybody else on the road. Then merging becomes so simple. I've heard from some people that they hate merging because it's so hard to get in. And they, I've heard people say you should stop at the end of a highway on-ramp potentially. And this sort of stuff can be extremely dangerous because the larger the difference in speed between you and somebody else, the more dangerous the situation generally is and the harder it's going to be for you to enter that lane of travel. So your goal should be to match the speed and the flow of traffic. And then once you're in a very similar speed, if you have a a gap in the flow of traffic in which you can check the blind spot, turn your head, check your mirror, put your turn signal on, you're, you're doing all this, you can just move right over if there's open space. If you've matched the speed of traffic and there is a car right next to you, then as the vehicle that is merging, the one entering the highway, you should ideally then make an adjustment. I'd recommend in general going a little bit slower and sliding in behind the vehicle. You can always accelerate later or change lanes if you need to. Or if you're already you know, three quarters of the way in front of the other car, you could speed up. It's not inappropriate to do so. But I tend to recommend you slide in behind cars when they're already next to you, even, even by a little bit. And on the same account, I, I want to mention once you've merged, and you're in that right-hand lane, and you're already in the flow of travel, you're a vehicle that is now established on that highway. So if there's another lane that's coming in to merge with you, ideally, as a car who's already on the road, you shouldn't need to change anything. So you should be going at consistent speed. You shouldn't need to change lanes. You shouldn't need to do any of this stuff. And so when somebody's merging properly, they're supposed to make the adjustment to go in front or behind adjust their speed. Now, that all being said, not everybody knows how to merge properly. So if you're in the flow of travel and you do need to make a uh, an adjustment, you can be willing to do that. You might have to speed up or slow down, but you shouldn't do that until you need to. I, I was talking to Mike about this earlier. Mike, what do you do as a courtesy on the road if a car is entering and they're going to, maybe it's tight traffic? You're driving down the highway. Uh, you might be taking, uh, you're in the right lane and you see a vehicle coming on. It could be a big, it could be a big truck. It could be uh, just a regular vehicle. And if if I have the ability, I will move over into the middle lane. Sometimes all it takes is to just take your foot off the gas just a tiny bit. And all of a sudden that car is able to slide right in front of you. Now we live in Massachusetts. We have a certain reputation here. There are times where people speed up. They don't seem to want you to come on the highway. I wouldn't recommend that at all. I think a little courtesy uh, goes a long way, especially when you see like an 18-wheeler coming on and, you know, you know they're going to need a little more room. You slide over to the to the left 
or you, you come off your, your accelerator just a tiny bit, it gives them that extra two seconds and, and they're right in front of you. And then if you have to go around them, you, you can do that. Absolutely. One thing I'd say, Mike, just to add onto that is uh, the idea that you're kind of talking about, be the driver that you want other drivers to be, right? When you're doing everything right, right. you know, it's easier for other people to do things right around you as well. And be a courteous driver because we're all in it together. We all want to stay safe on the road. And you do get those people that are overly aggressive and aren't super friendly. And there's no reason to get aggressive back, especially in a situation, you know, we're talking about highway driving, how dangerous that can be, high speeds. Be as courteous as you possibly can. Don't let people get under your skin. And when you're teaching your new driver, um, have those conversations, right? And talk about how can you be courteous on the road? What's the proper thing to do versus the wrong thing to do? And you can do that through the modeling process, and you can also do that just as a discussion, even while they're driving. I want to mention, and Jeremy, I, I'm, I know you were going to get to this too, but I attended a conference with a number of different people in the highway safety world, and there was a very nice person who was part of an institution that rhymes with Harvard, but I won't name it by name who felt it was important that everyone stop before entering a highway. And I've never seen a crowd turn on someone so quickly in my life. I think they learned that that's not the appropriate behavior. But can you speak to the flow of, you? we've talked about these merge areas and checking your mirrors and everything. At what point would anyone ever stop when getting onto a highway? The only time I've ever stopped getting on a highway that had a yield sign. Often that you'll find a yield sign on these entrances. And if the flow of traffic is extremely slow, basically it's a, it's a traffic jam. I've stopped in a circumstance like that, but that's also me meeting the flow of traffic. Uh, I've also stopped when there was a car that was in front of me that had stopped. And, and I don't believe I used any negative language at the time, but I was very worried about my own safety as at some point I was now going to have to accelerate from zero up to 60, 65 miles an hour to be able to merge with the flow of traffic. And there wasn't enough room for it. So it made me very uncomfortable. But there are times also where you might have to stop because you're supposed to. So depending on where you are in the country, you might enter a highway and at the very end of that entrance ramp, you might find a stop sign. Well, there you should definitely stop in that circumstance. You need to follow the rules of the road. You need to know where the signs are and be looking for them at all times. But if there is a stop sign there, there's a good reason for it. And you're also going to find much longer acceleration and merge lanes available once you make that left turn, even though there is a dotted line immediately in, in most cases here. You might actually be entering the flow of traffic lane. You need to wait and find a large enough gap and you need you might need to accelerate what I might call aggressively at that point. If you're going, if you're starting at zero miles an hour and the flow of traffic is at highway speeds. So I do encourage you to stop in a situation where there's a stop sign for sure. You know, I don't encourage you. You need to stop at a stop sign whenever there is one. And depending on where you are in the country, there might be stoplights literally on the highway. That's another circumstance in which you might stop or it might be at the end of an on-ramp. There might actually be lights there. Realize that a flashing yellow light is, is the same information as a yield sign. And so if you find one of those there, it's, it's similar to a yield sign, but make sure you're using your entrance area to scan the flow of traffic to see at what speed you're going to need to get up to. But those are basically, um, it's following the road signs on the road and the signals in general that are going to determine whether you should stop or not. Yields, yield signs rarely mean stop. 
They certainly can in certain circumstances that it's maybe a better idea, but in a situation where you're entering an on-ramp trying to get on a highway, generally the yield sign is going to be more of a, please be aware of what's around you and enter when safe. And the safest way to enter the highway is by meeting the flow of traffic, reaching the same speed as the other vehicles that are on there, and then just making a small variation in speed to enter in front or behind somebody as you're on the road. Jeremy, one of the main reasons why driving is so dangerous here in the United States is that people don't know the rules. They don't know the laws. They don't necessarily follow what they don't know. I don't think all these situations are people who are purposefully stopping on on ramps or doing things that are following way too closely, you know, and not realizing that that's a dangerous thing. I think a lot of these folks don't recognize that what they're doing is wrong. And that's why we have higher crash rates than countries where everyone's held to a different standard. You get a ticket if you're eating a sandwich while driving, let alone playing with your phone or doing anything else. Whereas, you know, I I joke here in Massachusetts, if you stop at a stoplight and you don't have food, there's a chance somebody will hand you a sandwich. (laughs) So uh, recognize that all these things, we don't want you to stop unless there's a sign that says you have to. But as Jeremy mentioned, if somebody else has stopped, you don't want to suddenly bang a left around them and cut them off. They might just drive right into you. You have to be conscious of the fact that not everybody knows the rules and you need to do what you can. And in those circumstances, give them as much room as you can. There might be an even bigger issue that, you know, you want to stay as far back as you can and make yourself stand out. Maybe throw your hazard lights on so people coming down the uh, the on-ramp behind you recognize that something's going on. But let's wrap this up with exiting. So, you know, you've, you've gotten merged onto the highway, but now you need to get off. What should they do? Well, you know, I think the, the best thing to do, you're on the highway and you want to plan ahead for your exit, right? Uh, what's nice about the highway is, you have warnings well ahead of time, sometimes five miles, two miles, one mile, a half a mile until your exit. And so make sure you're planning ahead. You're watching for those signs. You know what you're doing ahead of time. As a parent of a new driver, make sure you're giving them the information well in advance. If you have practiced on this uh, during this highway time, changing lanes and you find yourself in the middle lane and you're going to need to get over, maybe it's a four lane highway or more, you might need to get over a couple lanes. So plan ahead. And when you first see the sign two miles ahead, exit 20, and that's the exit you're taking. Well, there's no reason to start the process. That'll just allow them. Remember, they need more time than we do as experienced drivers. So get that turn signal on, check the lane, right? Make sure nothing's there. Make your lane change. Reestablish yourself in that lane. Maybe there's one more lane to go over now, and we do that at the one-mile sign, and we do go through the same process. We change lanes again. We're in the proper lane. Now it becomes actually exiting the highway. We don't want to slow ourselves down while we are still in a highway lane, while we are still on the highway. That right-hand lane is a traveling lane still. It is not necessarily for slowing down on to get off the ramp, but as soon as you've put your turn signal on, and you've crossed that dotted white line into an exit, you might need to get on on the brakes aggressively, potentially, depending on how aggressive the turn is. Usually there's going to be a speed limit sign very quickly once you're off. If you have a straight shot in front of you, and you've got a lot of runoff room before you get to the stop sign or the whatever it might be at at the end of the exit ramp, then take your time to slow down. Slow down over the, the course of that exit ramp. If you have a 25 mile an hour speed limit sign and a very hard curve immediately, you're going to need to be more aggressive with the brakes to get yourself slowed down. 
and have those conversations ahead of time so it's not a surprise for your new driver. You do want to make sure you're always signaling when you get off well in advance. Um, you want to slow down to the posted speed limit uh, before you reach the heavy curve. When a speed limit on, a, on an exit ramp says 25, it, it means 25, especially if you're in something like a pickup truck, a, a, a van, an SUV. These can be very, very hard curves depending on where you are in the country. And so make sure you slow down to those posted speed limits. And make sure this is something that you're practicing. Obviously, every time you merge on the highway, you're going to have to get back off and try to vary it as your driver gets more and more comfortable with the easier straight line entrances and straight line exits, start to enter more of those curves and start to enter more of the the busier times as well. The more time, the better. Mike, I know I've seen some research about people exiting highways after trips. I think it's uh, it was defined as a, a driving on a highway at highway speeds for more than a half hour. When they exited the highway, they found it more difficult to stay below the posted speed limits. You know, they've been traveling at 55, 65 miles an hour, and now all of a sudden it's 25, 30, maybe 35 miles an hour on these side roads. Do you notice the same thing with kids when you were working with them trying to get off these exits and then they were going a little faster? Uh, a little bit. I, I will say this about exiting, um, and, and it's to be expected. Uh, probably every student I had was happy that we're going to be taking an exit, and everything that Jeremy said was correct. I would be talking them through every step that Jeremy just mentioned. Okay, we're going to be taking the exit two miles ahead. We're going to be moving over to the right, and they obviously they like that instruction. Um the fact that you start bringing your speed down a little bit, they like that. So the anxiety, I think, uh, from going to a higher speed to a lower speed is is a lot less than getting on the highway. I think we can all see that. As for what you just said, I, I didn't see that a lot because I, I controlled that as an instructor doing driver's ed. In other words, we come off the exit, and I was right on them for keeping the speed low. Um, and and then merging onto a, a side street. But it, it's funny you mention this because this happens to me almost daily. I, I drive this particular area in Dedham, and I see the, the cars coming off the uh, 128, and they'll get behind me, and a lot of them start tailgating me. So to your point, I see experienced drivers doing it. And it takes maybe maybe about two 300 yards before they finally realize wait a minute, I'm in a 30 mile an hour zone and I got a guy in front of me that isn't going 55. He's doing the speed limit. So I see that quite a bit. With my kids driving early on, I was handling it exactly as you described. You really want to coach them through every step, get them moving over into the right-hand lane well before their, their exit ramp. But I think as they've gotten more experienced, I have noticed sometimes they're taking these ramps a little faster than they should have. Oh, sure. And they correct, but I'm allowing them the, their own decision-making and starting to recognize, oh, you know what? Now we just got off the highway and the speed limit here is 30 and I can feel we're going faster. And I've had to say things a number of times. And once they recognize it, and like I've said, the interesting thing about we think some of our kids are, oh, they've got their new license and they're going to go speeding around. These kids, as now that I'm seeing it, they didn't mean to do that, especially in that circumstance, but they were used to it. And so we just have to recognize things that, again, we may be doing wrong as experienced drivers. They're likely to fall into the same traps, especially if we've been modeling that behavior. 
Yeah, Dan, I'd, I'd just like to add in, as somebody who spends a lot of time on highways, so you know, I may spend 40, 50, 40 hours a week. I'm, am I really saying this out loud? Wow. A week on the highway in certain, in certain weeks during the year, uh, going from school to school, doing conversations and talks and, and whatnot. And even my commute might be four hours in a day if I'm traveling from my side of the state out here in Western Mass out to the Boston area. So as somebody who spends a lot of time at those higher speeds, 65 miles an hour, when you do get off that ramp, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, you get used to the speed and your brain just sort of like, okay, it's not that fast anymore. And our new cars don't feel all that fast anymore. And then when you go to get off the exit, you're like, oh, wow, like I really need to get, I really got to slow down. I, it, it's, it's, you were no longer really fully aware of how fast you were going, right? It, it's still 65, but it's, it's once you're on there for a long time, the sensation of speed starts to dissipate. And I think what you're saying is when you get off that exit, especially for a new driver, right? It's going to be very hard if they spend a lot of time on the highway at a high speed to realize that, wow, 35 is a lot slower than I'm going because the sensation of speed is gone. And so them taking a glance down at their speedometer, you know, in a safe, in a safe zone here might be a, a good idea to realize that, oh, wow, I, you know, I really got to get this, this speed down. So I know exactly what you're talking about there. And hopefully that didn't come across like I'm speeding around the neighborhood all the time. But you, when you're in the car for a long time at those high rates of speed, it just, it, it starts to feel different. And so even just having that conversation with them or talking it through in that way with them might help identify it so that when you aren't in the car with them, once they have their license, they can recall that and they can get on top of it be well before that curve, or even just in a straight line slowing down, they can realize that, well, okay, really to get stopped at the end of, end of this exit ramp, I really need to get a smooth decrease of speed all the way down to the end of it, right? right? And, and instead of, you know, kind of, coasting down at a 65 for a while, it's not appropriate. You need to get on the brakes pretty quickly and modulate that pressure to get yourself stopped in a smooth way. As we've said so many times before, this is about practice. You want to work with them a dozen times on the highway, merging, getting off the highway. Then you're going to start looking for, you know, if they're doing a good job with it in light traffic, you're going to start looking for a little busier times, take them through a bunch of different scenarios, but every single time... If you're driving on the highway, it's pretty easy to get off, get back on the highway, get off again, maybe turn around, work your way back. This is actually a relatively easy lesson if you live anywhere near a highway to introduce, but you got to keep repeating it and keep bringing it to them and having them as they experience other, you know, if they've got 20 hours of driving, let's go do some more highway stuff. Now we're at 40 hours, let's do another highway visit and just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. One of the scariest things I hear occasionally is, Kids getting their license having never been on a highway. And highway driving is not that complicated once you practice the merging on and off. Uh, but that's something that has to be practiced before they can get out there regularly. With that, I want to thank Mike again for joining us. Jeremy, thank you. And for those of you who are listening, we hope you can hear us again soon.